Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Division for You Big Book Study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, November 15th, 2021, and we are reading from Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Working with Others on page 99, the first paragraph, beginning with After They Have Seen Tangible Results, and reading through this paragraph only. Today's readers are Jeannie P., The Twelve Steps. M.T., The Twelve Traditions, and our big book readers are Nancy P. in the text, Pete B. on page 164, and Julie R. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Leon B., and our second-hour moderator is Maria F. The reference number for Sunday, November 14, 2021, is 18,078. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jenny P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Jamie P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we are powerless over food, that our life had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn over our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Jeannie. I will now ask Kim T. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Kim T. in Northern Michigan. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group, our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a, is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes at the end of which I'll give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Working with Others on page 99, the first paragraph beginning with, after they have seen tangible results and reading through that paragraph only. I will now ask Nancy P. to begin reading. Hi, good morning. Nancy P. Uh, recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. After they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. These things will come to pass naturally and in good time, provided, however, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. Of course, we all fall much below this standard many times, but we must try to repair the damage immediately lest we pay the penalty by a spree. Um, if you could time me, Rick, um, that would be great. So um, so my family has seen tangible results. And they don't, um, I don't you know, and, and on the one hand, I'm reading this and I think, well, I could feel like I was on probation all the time, but I don't feel that way at all. Quite the contrary. I, my family, they don't, they're not like, oh, where's the book? We want to do it too. None of them say that. Um, but they, they have come to depend on me not acting like an active, insane, raging, compulsive overeater. So much so that they're really solicitous of what I need. They, you know, um, 
not just when we go out to eat. I mean, they know what my rule is. My one rule is that I have to be able to eat one thing. I don't even have to like it. It'll be, it could be boiled liver and I'll eat it as long as we can all just enjoy the meal together. Um, so they know that and they're, they're very um, accommodating. But, you know, what they do is, especially my husband, my, you know, my most clo- my closest counsel is he really respects what, what I think, and he listens carefully when I talk to him. And I'll give you an example. We have a broken garage door, and the garage door people said that they would come last week, and then they've changed the time three times. And, you know, the last time I said um, politely, I said, well, I don't know what to, what to depend on because we need to be home, and, you know, can you tell me, do you even have the part? And, you know, that I felt was really snarky and awful, and so I felt terrible, right? It, I have a really sensitive nonsense detector, um, and it, when it goes ping, 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 I, I think, oh, my God, you know, I need to know. And so I sought counsel from my husband, and I told him what happened, and I said, I feel terrible. I shouldn't have done that, you know, and, you know, you would have said no problem. And he said, no, I don't know that I would have. I think the ex- expectations were set, and you were right to question it. And I, don't, I didn't hear anything from what you said that's offensive. And that's like gold to me because if I ever said anything, asked him anything, it would have been like, I was right, wasn't I? And um, even though I wish that my husband would always say, honey, you're amazing. I'm so glad I married you and um, you're always right. He doesn't ever say that. He's extremely um, <sighs> clinical He's an engineer, and he um, he's data-driven, same as me. And, um, you know, I can say that today I feel that each member of my family in their own way um, respects where I am, and they, respects, they respect um, my recovery. And they're, they're always, you know, let's do this. Oh, do you have calls? That's what they call my sponsee calls. <laughs> do you have calls tonight, or do you have calls? You know, they, they don't ever assume that I'm going to be anything other than what I've turned into. They've, they've come to depend on it. And, um, you know, if I do make a mistake, which I do, yep, I'll wrap up. When I do, you know, make mistakes, I'm not, I take my medicine and I apologize and they forgive me. And, um, you know, it's been a wonderful, wonderful brand new family, the same family, but brand new. And with that, I'll pass. All right. Thank you for getting us started, Nancy. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Katie G. from Boston. Got you, Katie. Janet B. Got two there. I couldn't hear either one. Sorry. Janet B. Got you, Janet. Nancy, Nancy J. from uh, Illinois. Nancy J. Larry, Larry K. Okay, I think I heard Claire, Larry K. Good morning, Larry. And Claire, was that you? Yes, it was. Thanks. All right, Claire, gotcha. Anyone else? All right, that's... Roz. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Roz. Yes. Okay. All right, so I've got Katie G., Janet B., Nancy J., I've got Claire, Larry K., and Roz. Uh, Katie G, you are up, followed by Janet B. Go ahead, Katie. Hey, good morning, Rick. This is Katie G, recovered in Boston. And uh, 
you know, this line, I can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. If you're in my life, you know that this is uh, one of my favorite lines of the book. <clears throat> I think it's a promise, right? I can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what you say or do. I think it's also, you know, a checkpoint. Katie, can you be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what your husband is doing, regardless of what someone else is saying? Like, this is big deal. Sober, serious attitude, like, first of all, abstinent, but a serious attitude. Um, can I be considerate? Can I engage in careful consideration of the rights and feelings of others? That's funny because when I do my turn, my 10-step turnaround, my selfishness is always how am I feeling? What am I thinking? I'm concerned with myself, my wants, my needs, and my desires. And can I be helpful, constructive, giving, or ready to give? And it says that we all fall short. And here's another promise, or I don't know, like I don't want to say a threat, but it is, I'm going to fall short. But if I'm not sorry and my conduct continues, I'm going to eat again. That's a pretty big deal. So it's not like add a girl, Katie, do a step 10 and make amends to your husband and I'll give you a gold star. It's like, Katie, you need to change. You need to pause. And what I'm seeing over the years, thanks be to God, is that my defects of character are changing in frequency, intensity, and duration. So the other day when I had a family member screaming, um, I didn't have to scream back, right? And I could say to them calmly, I agree. Let's take a different tack. And you know what? We did. But, and if you know me, I will call you and I will say, the lie is, you know, in my, in my step 10, that I can't be sober, considerate, and helpful because of what you are saying or doing. And the truth is I can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. And I read these pages every morning because I don't know about you. I'm recovered today, thanks be to God, from compulsive eating, anorexia, and bulimia, but I am not cured. And I don't have a food problem. I have a selfishness problem. I have a life problem. I have a me problem. And unless I'm connected to God, I can't be sober, considerate, and helpful. And this isn't, again, because I want to be a good person. It's because I don't want to eat today. So I better be sober, considerate, and helpful. I better learn what that means. And how do I learn that? entire abstinence and walking through these 12 principles each and every day of my life. Thanks for the privilege of doing that with all y'all uh, for another day. With that, I do pass. Thank you so much, Katie. And um, Janet B., you're up next, followed by Nancy J. Go ahead, Janet. Hi, good morning. This is Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating in New Jersey. So by the line, um, but we must try to repair the damage immediately lest we pay the penalty by a spree. I have written in the margin of my book, How to Relapse. Um, if I go around and I hurt people and I don't fix it, I'm going to, to binge again. And, you know, I find this like really helpful because a lot of times people say, well, you know, my sponsor put me back to step one. I picked up and they put me back to step one. And I say, well, maybe, but not necessarily, right? Um, I don't know. I think on page 35 where it talks about the guy, Fred? No, Jim, who went out and he got drunk. And it says, well, we worked with him half a dozen times to figure out what the problem was, to review carefully what it was. 
And I see in the book, there's lots of reasons that cause people to pick up other than we don't know we're powerless over food. We don't have a first step. Um, just a couple I can think of on page 70, it says, if we fall down on our sex ideal and we're not sorry, it says, we are sure to drink. Um, on page 78, when it talks about making amends, it says, we must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go, for we're liable to drink if we're afraid to face them. And what this tells me is that as a sponsor, I can't be lazy. I can't just say to my sponsee, you picked up, you know, let's go back to step one or go find someone else and go to step one. It's like, okay, let's see what's going on. You're on your amends. Are you taking too long? Are you not paying someone you owe money to? Okay, that's a cause. Um, Are you being unsober, unconsiderate, and unhelpful to someone in your family? and you're not fixing it, that's a cause. And then we go back and figure out what the cause is, redouble our spiritual activities and pick up where we left off. Um, I personally don't believe I just drop my sponsees or put them back to step one if they pick up. My job is to help them diagnose what the problem was. And it's paragraphs and sentences like this that give me the tools to be able to help them. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janet. Nancy J., you are up next, followed by Claire. Go ahead, Nancy. Hi. Uh, I found this paragraph to be really fantastic, and it made me smile when I looked at it because just yesterday I had an incredible experience with my husband. Now, we we are going to be married 53 years on December 28th, and we know how to push each other's buttons. And if you want to write a prescription for having a fight between my husband and me, it's cleaning out a closet together, which is what we did yesterday. We have a great big closet in the front of our condo. It's supposed to be a third bathroom, but the people who sold us the condo made it into a closet. So it's a great big closet. And it was so full of stuff, you couldn't step in the closet to hang up a coat. So yesterday, I said to my husband, I'm going to clean out the closet. And there are certain things in there you're going to have to tell me if you want to keep them or not keep them. And I can see already his face had that panic, tense look like I was going to throw out all of his stuff. And so I started cleaning it out. It took me the entire day. And a few times I'd say to my husband, do you want this or do you want that? Should we keep it or not keep it or give it away? And the whole time I could feel myself here and there getting angry. I could see here and there he was getting angry. And all I could think of is the instructions in the big book, which say uh, argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague, that's the bottom of page 98, Uh, page 84, and this is the one that kept ringing through my head like a bell, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone. Every time I started to get upset, I thought, Nancy, you've ceased fighting anything or anyone. I took a deep breath. I thought, this isn't worth uh, getting so upset over where you're going to feel like you want to turn to food. 
It's fatal. It says on page 66, the wrongdoing of others, fancy or real, had the power to kill. This isn't just a small matter. It's a big matter. This has the power to kill us. Nothing is worth fighting because for us, it's fatal. It says on page 66, if we were to live, we had to be free of anger. So this is a whole new way of life for me because deep down I'm a fighter and I want things my own way. But due to this book and the instructions in the book, these warning bells go off in my head. And we had a pretty peaceful day. My husband even mentioned at the end of the day, he said, you know, you were fantastic. I said, well, you reminded. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Jay, and could you uh, remind us what state you're from, please? Oh, Geneva, Illinois. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. And Claire, you're up next, followed by Larry Kay. And Claire, if you uh, can please include the first initial of your last name and where you're from, please. Thank you. Sure. Thanks, Russ. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK, in Cornwall in the UK. Um, thank you, everybody, for your share so far. It's been a great paragraph. And actually, I um, I was looking at this paragraph yesterday because somebody posted it on a group um, that I'm a member of and um, for today. And I really needed to see it. I really need to see it. I don't read this paragraph every every morning, and I probably should, um, because you know, obviously, working with others, the the first and foremost people that I work with are the people I live with, um, and you know, I need to demonstrate these principles. You know, my my family very cynical. I've had a lot of relapses, and you know, and it's also about tangible results. You know, they want to see tangible results. They've got a lot of cynicism around um, my program. Um, hopefully, now having been back in recovery for four years they might have a bit more faith in it but I remember you know early in recovery my mum um, moved food away from me at the table I was furious I was absolutely furious you know doesn't she know I'm abstinent now and you know I think somewhere in the book so I can't quite find where it is um, it says you know we did much to make them so you know I, I, I have to take responsibility for my previous behaviour and my family were very cynical and um, you know it's taken a long time for them to trust my recovery and I love this bit. It says, you know, the sober, considerate and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. You know, this again reminds me that my recovery cannot be contingent on external circumstances, because if it is, then I have, you know, I'm, I'm at anybody's whim. You know, if I'm going to fly off the handle every time anyone does or says something that doesn't agree with what I like, then I'm going to spend my entire time on emotional sprees, paying for it with emotional sprees. And, you know, sooner or later, that resentment and that anger and that rage will turn into the food. Um, and, you know, it's it's really good for me to remember um, to remember that. And I mean, yesterday, I there was some choice behavior going on in our house yesterday. And actually, for once, none of it was mine. Um, and um, and I needed to see that because I was I was starting to react. And um, I've got a lovely phrase at the moment, which is just respond rather than react. And, you know, some deep breaths, reading this paragraph and a bit of asking my higher power for power. You know, I, I of course, I fall below this standard, you know, on my own power. If I'm in my own self-reliance, I will consistently fall below that standard because as soon as someone does something I, I don't like, I react. So I absolutely need to go to my higher power in that moment and ask for power greater than me in order to be able to be sober, emotionally sober, physically sober, 
considerate and helpful you know of most service because it just isn't a service for me to uh, like it says old argument fault finding nitty pity criticism critical miserable moody this doesn't serve anybody and um you know it, it, it it's not of god it's not of god um you know my family now look to me um to be those things you know and and hopefully i can continue to demonstrate that when i'm working my program hard i can do that um and demonstrate you know it's just show i would think of a demonst- cookery demonstration or something at a, at a sort of show you know someone someone does it someone shows it it's not talking about it it's doing it it's being it's that person. i'll leave it there thank you so much for letting me share thank you clary larry k you are up next followed by Roz. go ahead larry hey rick good morning Thanks so much for your service. Good morning. You know, um, I have a food plan. Perhaps you have a food plan. My family doesn't give a damn about my food plan. I I look, I can look pretty snazzy in a suit. (laughs) My family doesn't give a damn how I look in a suit. They don't care if I, when I clean up, clean myself up. They, they, you know what plan they care about? Not the food plan. They they care about my, how, how am I treating others plan? That that that's the plan that people seem to care about. My how my treat my my sponsor. I, I wonder he doesn't want me to send a picture of my food plan. Maybe how I'm treating others plan. It's a demonstration operation. And uh, how am I treating others at work? How am I treating my daughter? How am I treating my mama? That's the plan they care about. That's that's the plan that these steps gave me in a sense. They gave me a plan for living. You know, I got a spiritual plan for living. Yeah, yeah, the food's down. My body looks okay for my age, I guess. Nobody cares about that so much, really. How am I treating other people? You know, uh, it's a it's a big show and tell operation. Big on the big on the show. A, lo- a lot less on the tell, that's for sure. Uh, you know, show the family, and if you absolutely must, you know, use words. The big book reminds me that deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. Sometimes it gets obscured by a bunch of stuff, but in some form or other, it's there, you know. And um, so I I ask God to remove, you know, I, I ask God to remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to my family, to other people. I consider you my family. So you can see, uh, I'm I'm God's show and tell operation. Big on the show, you know. To see, see, you know, inspect the goods, see what you think, and what I do. So in carrying this message, the the message of love and tolerance as a byproduct of my spiritual recovery. What I'm going to try to do with God's help is help illuminate or light up my little corner of the world, in my home, in my family, in my community, with the clearest indication that this way of life works. What way of life? A surrendered way of life where God is, is in charge. I just get to be a living, breathing example of his handiwork. That's it. That's the whole deal. So thanks, Rick, for your service. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Larry. Roz G., you're up next, and then we'll take another with the names. Go ahead, Roz. Okay, good morning. Thank you very much. My name is Roz G. I'm in Palmdale, California. and um, this, you know, just for this morning, this year, I can think of, of course, we all fall much less, uh, much below the standard many times. And I think I, I'm guilty of that. Um, I, my, my attitude 
uh, has improved so much. But when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Uh, and yesterday I was a little unhappy um, because I didn't get my way. Um, I was supposed to go to a pro football game. I wasn't able to go. And the reason was um, my adult children did not want to uh, watch the dogs. <laughs> I have, a, you know, a fairly new puppy and leaving her for long periods of time is not good. You know, she just she just is a hyper lab, and she needs she needs to you know be watched or confined. And I really don't like putting dogs in um, those things, whatever you call them, crates. So I was a little on the silent side, um, but I realized that I was using silence, you know, and that's a form of of, of, of yuckiness as well. Um, but and I know that I work this program, and I know that um, yelling and screaming is, or be, having an attitude with them doesn't work. So I tried, and uh, I told my daughter, I'm just not in the best mood today. So at least I told her that. Somewhere in the big book of the 12 and 12, I don't know where it is. It's like we have to be patient with, uh, uh, con- uh, content with patient improvement. And I would say, for me, I'm, that's, a, that's a big improvement. And I went to a, a, a little uh, a function yesterday where it was a tea where there was not one, there was zero menu on the menu. The, the thing I could put in my mouth there was water. But I did not, I did not act, act with an attitude. I, I talked to somebody in program about it. I went and I donated. I, 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 I did a silent auction thing. I posed with a dog. I was nice to the people. I struck up conversation. And I did what the big book said. Look to see what you could bring to the situation versus what you could get out of it. So, you know, I live in a family and I live life every day and things aren't going to go my way. And I'm improving on my attitude. Although it could have been better, it was okay for what it was. And I didn't eat over it. And I don't have any amends to make. So I think that's pretty good. And I can give myself a little high five and keep on, keep on, keeping on. and and improve day by day. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Roz. Appreciate that, and um, loving all the shares. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter Working with Others. On page 99, the first paragraph, beginning with after they have seen tangible results, and reading through that paragraph only. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Kim Good A. Good time to jump in. Sorry, who, who was that? Kim A. Kim A. Gotcha, Kim. Kim. K-I-M. K-I-M. Kim A. Aaron K. Aaron K. Sarah R. From New York. Okay, Sarah R. Sandy W. From Connecticut. Sandy W. So, so far I've got Kim A., Aaron K., Sarah R., Sandy W. If I've missed someone, can you let me know? Jen A. Well, hi there, Jen. 
Anyone else? Okay, we'll uh, stop there. We'll have time for some more names we'll get later on. Uh, Kim A., you are up next, followed by Aaron K. Go ahead, Kim. Hey, good morning. It's Kim A. from New York City. And as usual, I'm driving to work, and I don't have the paragraph in front of me, so I can kind of piggyback off what other people are sharing. And, you know, all this about how how our attitudes are, how our thinking is towards other people. The great thing about that is that I don't have to do anything. Before I recovered, not only was I always trying to control my food, which never worked for me, but I was always trying to make myself be like a better person. You know, just like I was trying to use willpower to avoid certain foods or follow a food plan, I was also using that same willpower to try to be nicer, you know, if my husband at the time was like pissing me off, don't engage, don't engage, you know, be like less irritable. You know, I would try to will myself to be all these things because like (laughs) I knew I had issues, but the problem was that my willpower didn't work with that any more than it did with, you know, trying to control my food. So the amazing thing about recovery is that, you know, we learn that when we follow these steps, they instruct us on how to turn our will and our life over to God. In step three, we make that decision to do that, even though we don't really know how yet. And that's okay. We just have to be willing to continue on with the steps and follow the directions in the big book, right? And the rest of the steps are all about how we can do that, how we turn our will and our life, you know, our thoughts and our actions over to the care of God. And so, you know, on a good day, I am not trying to make myself into a better person. I'm not trying to force myself to be more patient, you know, while I'm like boiling inside or have steam coming out of my ears. It's all about God doing that for me and me just kind of letting him. And, you know, that kind of just goes along with so much of what we read in this chapter about how to help other people because it's not about what we want. It's not about us pushing our thoughts or ideas, our recovery on other people. It may work great for us. We may be so excited about it, but you know, like my sponsor said to me when I was working the steps, you're not going to get what you want anymore. And so none of life anymore is really about me getting what I want. It's about just kind of waiting for direction from my higher power. And that goes for helping other people as well. Um, I have a long-time sponsee that just told me she wants to leave the program. Okay. I'm really sorry to hear that. I really enjoyed working with her. But okay. Um, What am I going to say? You know, I'm proud of you. You did a lot of hard work. And if you decide to come back, thanks, I'll wrap up. We're here. And so I just need to just shut up, listen, and do whatever God wants me to do. Um, with that, I pass. My name is Kim A. from New York City, recovered, available sponsor, and thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Kim. Aaron K., you are up next, followed by Sarah R. Go ahead, Aaron. Hello. This is Aaron K., recovered, compulsive overeater in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, this paragraph, um, it kind of uh, it made me think of something that happened yesterday with my dad. 
um, I making amends to my dad was actually one of the most powerful and transformative things that has happened in my recovery. I had such a long-standing list of resentments toward him that you know it was like almost impossible for me to see my part at first. Um, and and he's an alcoholic, and our our rift was so bad that he didn't come to my wedding three years ago. It was really a you know, and I, and I spent most of my, I, I really tried to manage it my way by just trying to avoid the relationship as much as possible. But I did through, you know, the fourth step, see, be, well, I was able to see my part and pray that sick man's prayer over and over again. And, and I made amends to him. And, you know, God did something for me that I could not do for myself. He removed that resentment and those just nasty, yucky feelings so that I can show up and love him. And one of the ways I do that is to call him, you know, on a regular basis now. And I, and I called him yesterday and I was doing stuff in the background and I was making noise and he complained about it. And it was like this instant spark of that old resentment and a little shame too. And I realized, you know, and, and, I probably should have done a 10 step on this yesterday because even though it was a small thing, it brought up big feelings, but I realized like, you know, I would, in my head, I was telling myself, um, you know, don't you know, I'm a busy person and I can't just stop everything I'm doing to call you. And then it's like, how selfish is that? Of course I can. I need to show up sober, useful, helpful, loving, unselfish, stop unloading the dishwasher. You know, that's not, that's not showing up in the way that I need to for him. And, you know, he, he's, he's an alcoholic. He doesn't want 12 step recovery. And I, I, it is not my job to, to try to push anything on him. It's my job to show up recovered myself. And I didn't do that yesterday the way I wanted to. And I have to call today and make amends. And I will. So I appreciate everyone's shares and for helping me make that realization. And with that, I'll pass. It's Aaron Kay in Michigan. Thanks. Thank you so much, Aaron. Sarah R., you're up next, followed by Sandy W. Go ahead, Sarah. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Sarah R. in New York. Um, this is a really great meeting. Um, you know, I drive... I have a crazy work schedule, and I'm just really grateful to be able to have this meeting to listen to while I'm driving. So thank you all for helping me be a part of my recovery. Okay, so, so many things were said today that, you know, really hit home with me. You know, people were speaking about um, the concept of, you know, cynical family, right? And, of course, my family is cynical, because, you know, when it comes to the world of Sarah, it's just another day, another diet. And, you know, it's, it's an inconvenience if I'm there, if let's say it's a holiday dinner or something. But, you know, that's not really what my focus needs to be on. My focus needs to be on, you know, as also what was mentioned about how I treat others. And, um, you know, someone said a story about a dog and, the, and like the family who didn't want to watch it. I, that, that's, that's a story of me. You know, I'm constantly demanding things of people, and then if they don't do what I want, then, of course, I'll give them the silent treatment and be nasty and, 
you know, stepping into these rooms is, you know, it's not a matter of getting what I want, you know, um, and, and who, who am I to, to um, number one, make demands of other people and then get really insulted and get angry at them for weeks and months. And just constantly, if I think about those, those people or family members or friends and just like how selfish they were, but you know, that's, that's what I learned, you know, every day connecting to my higher power that <laughs> who's, who's really the selfish one. And I was talking with my sponsor yesterday and, you know, we're in the middle of step three and we're reading, um, I think it's chapter five in the big book. And she said, well, would you agree that, you know, a lot of things in your life that don't go well, it's cause you're selfish. And I'm like, no, not really, but you know, it, I, I, 7:40 a.m. today that it, it it is the case, but you know, but that's that's why we have this blessing of recovery so that we can show up. Fam Jam will always be cynical because that's how they show up, and some days they will be, and some days they won't be. But you know, that's on them. And the miracle of recovery for me is just to show up how I show up, you know, because of the miracle of program, I got really angry at my mother on Friday and I, I blew up at her and like I stormed out. And then because of recovery, I was able to call her back and not apologize for the reason why I got angry because that's still valid, but just for my part. And, you know, we ended up speaking and like it's been a beautiful week so far. I mean, granted, it's only Monday, but that's that's again the gift of recovery. Yes. So all I wanted to say is, um, you know, keep like the more I show up and the more I realize my part and the more I just connect to my higher powers. That's how I can just be sane from day to day. Thank you. Without a pass, have a good day, everyone. Thank you, Sarah. Sandy W. You are up next, followed by Jen A. Go ahead, Sandy. Oh, thank you, Rick. Thank you very much for your service. Um, this is Sandy W., gratefully recovered from Connecticut, but currently in Florida. And I uh, haven't been able to get on the meetings live much at all lately. And, and even when I have, I haven't been able to share. But um, I have the time today, which is wonderful. And what a great paragraph, because I've been thinking, you know, talked about the family wanting to go along and just been thinking how grateful I am that because of this recovery, you know, my family wants to go along with me. They want to travel with me. They want to come see me. They want me to come see them. And um, I was certainly headed on a road where that was not going to be my future. I would have never in a million years um, thought that I could have the life that I have today, being able to travel, being able to spend time with um, um, with my kids in particular. And, and as it said, it comes to pass naturally. You know, it's not something that I've had to force or beg or guilt them into. Um, um, it, it just comes when you work this program. That's the miracle of this. Um, you know, when I put down the food and started working these steps and find the God of my understanding, you know, he just continues to do the most amazing things in my life. And sometimes I just have to pinch myself because it feels I feel so unworthy um, of it. But um, I also liked in this paragraph the reminder that that's only going to continue to happen if I keep working the steps, if I stay sober, if I stay considerate, and if I stay helpful. And as this paragraph says, I certainly don't do a perfect job of that. I fall much below that 
more times than I'd want, want to admit. But the, the program has the way for dealing with that. You know, it gives me those 10 steps to work. It gives me the way back um, um, to uh, the freedom that this program gives, the, the being that, that my, my God wants me to be. And, um, um, and I also, you know, having tra- been traveling a lot and just out of my routine, I just love that we're in step 12 because I've certainly witnessed that nothing has, has um, provided me immunity as much as staying in um, step 12 and working with others. Because even as I haven't been able to get to meetings as much, be of service the way I like to be, um, continuing to work with others, which is, will always be a part of my daily routine, um, is, is keeping me sober, considerate, and helpful. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks again, Rick. Oh, hi, Jen. Go ahead. Thank you, Sandy. And uh, we'll take some more names after Jen. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Thanks for taking the meeting today. And thanks for all the great shares. It's just been such a, a good melting pot of shares this morning. And, you know, for me in this paragraph, <laughs> I remember uh, before program, before I came in, um, you know, full of pride, full of anger, um, riddled by fear, um, hatred, uh, guilt, and most of all the shame um, that I just, I, I mean, I literally um, marinated in shame 24-7. And um, as a result of doing these steps and, and, and never, never rising above all those things. They still happen in my life. They still come up for me. That's why I have these tools, the principles, the steps, whatever you want to call them to use um, in a day, on a daily basis. Um, I find myself more aware. I find myself more aware of the things around me, others around me. And I love this chapter because we get to use it in everything, in all our affairs, right? I was in a workshop yesterday listening to a speaker talk about practicing these principles in all our affairs. Um, and it was, it was beautiful. It just brought me back to this chapter, to the, the chapters afterwards, after the family afterwards, I can't even say it this morning, but, um, what I realized today is those tangible results, um, of our love today, right? The tangible result is that I can love others, love others unconditionally. I live in joy and peace today, acceptance of what is, um, I have this willingness about me to grow. Um, and, and, and thank God that I have neutrality around the food. That, that first and foremost is just the miracle from this program. And that's how I can show up, consider it helpful, and stay sober. And in the family afterwards, you know, it, it told me that I, it was clear that I made my own misery. But today it says I cheerfully capitalize as it's an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. That's what it is, right? This is what God's done in me. Um, and, and that's, and that's, and that's the best thing before I used to avoid life, avoid people, be miserable in the food, in relationships, life was tragic. Today, life is triumphant. Why? Because I've got a God that loves me. I can go out and be of service to him on a daily basis and his kids. That's a beautiful place to be. And I can't be that way when I'm in the food. You know, it says in the big book, I'm an unlovely creature in my cups. Huh, in a 7-Eleven, in a McDonald's drive-thru, I'm unlovely. But today, I'm a much better human being. And driving home from my mom and dad's after dinner last night and just, you know, loving my parents where they're at as they're aging in place and making the decision to move to a retirement community, 
I just was in awe and remembered how, you know, going to my parents' house was miserable, having to tell my mom what she has to make me or bringing my own food or doing whatever. And I got there, my mom's like, here's your Cornish game hen. It's yours because I didn't put certain ingredients in it. Wink, wink, and she winks at me. And I'll wrap up by saying this, you know, repairing that damage makes those things possible today, makes those relationships possible. Not that my mom has to serve me, but I get to love my mom and my mom gets to love me back. So I love the, the, the transformation process that continues to happen. And I don't want it to stop. It only keeps getting better. So I keep coming back and doing this work. Thanks, Rick. Thank you much, so much, Jen. And uh, we have time for a few more shares this morning. Um, let's just get two more names. And uh, anybody else want to share? Judith S.P. Judith S.P., anybody else? Michelle G. Okay, let's uh, stop there. We've got Judith S.P., Michelle G. Uh, Judith S.P., go ahead. And then, uh, Michelle, you're after her. Hi, this is Judith S.P., gratefully recovered in Maryland. So grateful to be here and hear all the shares. As I was listening, I thought of uh, several times... um, being in a terrible snowstorm where the snow is coming down so quickly and so strongly that I couldn't see. And I kept pushing and I kept pushing. I was petrified. I was scared. I had a car that really wasn't equipped for the snow, but I kept going until I finally said, Judith, you have a choice here. You can keep going and be anxious and in a potentially dangerous situation. You can pull off the road. You can take one little moment at a time. And when I read sober, considerate, and helpful, sober just resonated with me. If I'm not abstinent, which thank God I am today, I can't do anything. I I just can't. I'm paralyzed as I would be in the snowstorm. But with the grace of God and you all in this uh, way of living, I am able to be abstinent to see and feel the connection with my higher power. And that's where I start. I follow through and I end each day. And so for me, I didn't have the tools. I, I, you know, I have to gently love myself and be aware this is not about me. When I came into program and I said I was done in step one, I was done. I was not going to pick up the food anymore in a way that was going to make my life miserable and those who I involved myself with. And now I'm sober. I can be considerate. I can be helpful. Sometimes, mm, maybe I don't want to be, but I do it anyway because the results and the miracles come from that place. And I am truly grateful to be here. I love the fact that it that it honestly says, I'll fall short. You know, I won't always be perfect. Get back on the horse, Judith. Keep going forward. And the more I do it, the more I strengthen my spiritual fitness, and the more I can be of service to others, which is what this chapter is about. So thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Judith S.P. Michelle G., you're up next. Good morning. Um, this is Michelle G. in Boston, uh, Recovered Bulimic. I'm grateful today. Um, thank you for 
for this um, free service today, I, I was thinking about um, the paragraph, and I don't remember where it is, but it's after um, the dude comes out of the cyclone cellar and looks at the mess and says, um, don't see anything the matter here, Ma, and he looks at all the debris around him. And, and then the next paragraph says, um, or the next sentence is, um, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. And that's what I was thinking about when reading this. Because, um, you know, when when we're first when I was first sober, um, I thought like, okay, this is it. This is the one. This is the t this. I got it now, and then expected everybody to be on board and to um, to praise me for you know you got it this time, Michelle. And um, but there's there's a long period of reconstruction. A lot of damage I had done. A lot of damage to relationships. Um, there was a lot of debris all around me, and, and just because I'm shiny and smiling, because I have a couple, couple days being fresh-faced, um, doesn't mean that I'm that people are going to, um, you know, unfold their arms and 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 be open and willing to receive me with open arms. Um, I had to keep, I had to keep walking in this new relationship with with my creator that I had. Um, practicing the principles, which I had no idea what the principles were. I had to, I had to ask my sponsor, like, what are these principles that they talk about in the big book? Um, I, it was all new to me, and so just because, just because I was abstinent, I had put down um, my my poison, didn't mean that I was healthy, and so I had to keep keeping on, and um, and it's only through. Um, the continuation of that, that I saw relationships begin to heal. Um, because how many times before that I had been on the diet or uh, this was the time. I mean, I bit my mother's head off for putting like a little bit of sugar in something. And I was like, I don't have sugar and freaking out. And like, why do I treat people that I love that are the closest to me like that? Because it's all about me. And so I had to, I had to work on, you know, the selfishness and the self-centeredness that was um, just owning me and what kept me a prisoner in my disease. Um, so that's what I saw in this paragraph today, that it's a long period of reconstruction. And when I work with other women and they want immediate, you know, acceptance from their families and they're like ready to divorce their husbands because they're not seeing how healthy they are now, like, whoa, slow it down. It takes time. It takes time. And we have to keep working slowly, trudging through this stuff, um, getting rid of the mess that kept us hostage for so long. Um, so thanks. I'll pass with that. Thanks again. All right, thanks, Michelle. And uh, we're uh, we're already into our uh, our last minute here. I don't think we have time for uh, another share, so we'll go ahead and wrap up with that. Michelle, you are our last chair, and thank you so much to everyone uh, for all your wonderful shares today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today. Monday, November 15th, 2021, is 18,081. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Pete B. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Rick. Pete B. compulsively either recover today by God's grace or mercy. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come 
if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road to happy, of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Yes.